Life's too short for crap marketing. The Got Marketing Podcast is for marketers, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want marketing that's fun, accessible, and meaningful. Join me, Mia Feilman, for inspired chats with my favorite marketing insiders about marketing that works, campaigns that inspire, and the fads, fakery, and false profits to avoid. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the Got Marketing Show. Behind every extroverted, successful businesswoman is a right-hand wing woman. If I think about Melissa Brown, she has Lawsy. And if I think about Cherie Rubenstein from One Roof, she has the incredible Fran Go. And we are no exception at Campaign Delmar. I, of course, have Emily Lamborn. And so today we are doing something very different. I'm going to have Emily on the show for the very first time. This is her very first podcast. And this is quite ironic because Emily runs the Got Marketing podcast. Like I just turn up and talk. Emily does everything else. So let's hear it for Emily. When I think of a campaign, I think of a string of bunting and all the different flags are all your different moving parts. So your channels, your tactics, your messaging, and they're all tied up with the string. And the string is what holds them all together or the big idea. That was Emily Lamborn, digital strategist at Campaign Delma. Welcome to your show, Emily. <laughs> Thanks, Mia. I think it's about time that I'm on the other end of the microphone. <laughs> Yeah, so like when you're listening to the episodes and you're just like, oh God, is it so hard to just speak clearly? You're like, yeah, it is. <laughs> or, or listening to episodes that have been recorded and, you know, it's a, a month ago and there's crackling and, you know, it's just all the fun things from the other end. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. All right, so why don't you share with um, our listener today what is your role at Campaign Del Mar? What do you do? How do we work together? So me and Campaign Del Mar and Mia go back all the way to uh, April 2021 when I started as intern of Campaign Del Mar, which was then IDLO actually, um, throwing it way back uh, at her dining room table in Newcastle, scared little me in my final semester of uni starting in my big marketing career. Um, but since then, um, I've gone from intern to um, part-time marketing coordinator to full-time digital strategist. So I was full-time with Campaign Delmar, fully fully on board. And my role kind of covers a lot of things, <laughs> as Mia alluded to before. Um, I do uh, coordinate all the editing and basically post-production of the podcast. Um, I do a lot of design. I help Mia with a lot of our um, consulting projects. Um, yeah, I feel like I just do a bit of everything here and there. Mia needs it and I do it. <laughs> <laughs> you sure do. You work across the entire business and you really take a front seat in our campaigns, but also in our programs. So, I feel like I have exhausted the ways that I can talk about campaigns. And despite the numerous different ways that I've used to describe a campaign, there are still smaller brands out there who are not entirely sure about what a campaign is. So I would love to hear if, if you've got a definition or an explanation because, you know, different people respond to different voices. Yeah, there are so many that we've used, you know, the container, 
the theme, the big message. Um, but I'm I'm very much a visual person. So when when I think of a campaign, I think of a string of bunting actually. And all the different flags are all your different moving parts. So your channels, your tactics, your messaging, the visuals, and they're all tied up with the string. And the string is what holds them all together or the big idea. But yeah, being a visual person, it really helps to have that that kind of image in my head. But that's my definition of a campaign. I freaking love that. That's awesome. I've never used, I've never thought of that. That's fabulous. See? Different perspectives, different words. Totally. So from, you know, your view of coming into campaigns straight out of your university career, how, how would you describe to people how we run campaigns? We, we really approach campaigns from a work smarter, not harder perspective. You know, often in university education and official marketing training, it all seems very big and scary and unapproachable. So I like how we break it down into each part. You know, it starts with the big idea and then you move to the next step, which is the messaging and then the visual identity. And I really think that Campaign Classroom in particular breaks campaigns down into each individual part to be more digestible by not only marketers, but also founders, business owners, to make them, like I said, more more approachable for those who aren't professional marketers. Yeah, there's this real perception that campaigns are so expensive and they're reserved just for global big brands and that you need to go to a super expensive creative or ad agency to create a campaign and that exists. Of course it does. Sure. That, you know, you, you can do that. But by definition, as you've said with your bunting definition, which I freaking love, it doesn't have to be that way. No, no. The whole premise of entrepreneurship is doing things differently. And I feel like the way that we do campaigns, exactly as you said, is about, well, what's the principle of a campaign? It's that it's focused on a particular objective. It's tied together by an overarching message. It reaches customers in a variety of ways. By definition, that doesn't have to be expensive. There are ways to reach customers in multiple ways without it costing the earth. Exactly. And you've said before, give you a million dollars, you can run a campaign, give you 500 bucks and you can run a campaign. So it's all about working with what you've got to get where you need to be, being realistic about, you know, I'm not going to start a business tomorrow and run a million dollar campaign. That's pretty obvious, but I'm going to do what I can with what I have with the skills that I've got in my tool set already um, and make it happen basically. Yeah. I think to that though, you have to manage your expectations because what we find with some campaign classroom students or prospective students is that, you know, they are spending only $500,000 on their campaign, but expecting that they're going to make Fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars from their campaign, and like that return on investment is is unheard of, actually. And so that's part of the process, though, isn't it? Because there are so many people whispering sweet nothings into their ear, telling them that that is achievable. And I feel like a bit of a wet blanket, but <laughs> you can dream big. You can do it, right? <laughs> Maybe not necessarily, <laughs> but yeah, you're you're right. It, it is managing those expectations and you know you're not going to turn a rock into a diamond overnight and that is just the reality of it I guess 
And what's been your favourite campaign that you've worked on? Oh, I think my favourite is actually the most recent one we've launched, Mia, the Creative Lab. Really? I think because I've taken such a front seat role in the creative identity, I've really just been able to go for it. And it's really fun to see that kind of idea go from, I'm pretty sure you Slack messaged me or texted me or something and said neon. And I said, all right, bet I'm on it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think either the creative lab, just because of my role in it or make marketing great again was fantastic. I do love the vibe of getting on the set and having all the cameras and watching you up on the podium, just switch it on. It's like, it's it's incredible. And I don't know how you do it, but happy for you to keep doing it. But Make Marketing Great Again was really great because it was showing exactly what we just talked about. It doesn't need to be an incredibly huge budget. It can just be, you know, one camera. We filmed that in three hours, did we not? And yeah, it was great. Yeah. So much to unpack with what you just said. So The Creative Lab, which is our most recent campaign, is the most lo-fi, even though it's neon, that we've... (laughs) 100%. It's the, like, almost, you know, it's a quarter of the budget of Make Marketing Great Again. We had a a brand shoot in Darwin, which was, you know, less than $600. And then you did all the graphic design. And then I'm running a Spotify ad campaign, which I recorded using the podcast microphone. It's the exact setup that I'm using right now for this podcast is what I use to, to record the Spotify ad. So it is just the lowest production value, but it's going really well, I think. I think so too. And um, I really like the strategy we've formed for this as the, the pre-step or the training for Campaign Classroom. Um, and we've had that discussion many a time of, what we can do with this kind of idea. And I'm just, I'm, I'm really proud of what we've, what we've made of it. Yeah. Because it was, it's challenging, right? It's that, okay, campaign classroom is nine weeks. That is the minimum amount of time, the minimum you need to come up with an integrated marketing campaign. And most of the people who do campaign classroom haven't run too many campaigns before, but no one wants the program to be longer because it's a a lot of investment in time, also longer program, more expensive. And we're trying to keep this accessible for smaller brands. But how do we make sure that we get the results in those nine weeks? And we looked at the feedback and, you know, we, you and I spent a lot of time discussing how it's going. And we've identified that the trickiest part for the campaign was coming up with that big idea. So could we front load that? Could we get the students hitting the ground running of Campaign Classroom, already able to see a big idea, to spot it. So if they were to watch a campaign tomorrow, could they dissect the big idea? Because then that's going to help them get to theirs. You know, setting the stage for that big idea. And so this is where this creative lab came from, which was all about, yeah, just laying those creative foundations so that if they choose to, to join Campaign Classroom and everyone that is doing Campaign Classroom in August is doing the lab, then I think they're going to get even better results from the program. I agree. It often is finding that big idea and that big creative swing that is the hardest part. So getting that happening and rolling before the program, Campaign Classroom even starts, I think 
it's a sound strategy, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> and then you spoke about, you know, make marketing great again and me, you know, having to turn it on for the camera. That comes very naturally to me. I'm a raging extrovert. If I wasn't on the conference room stage, I would want to be on a theater stage. So I want to throw it back to you because the way that this business is evolving is that we are making you more prominent in this business so that it's not just the Mia show because Campaign Del Mar is not a personal brand. And that was a very deliberate choice. We could have called this business Mia Feilman, but we didn't. And so I want to hear from you how you feel about, because you are not as extroverted as me. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) What journey that's been for you. Look, I am the first to admit that I am a raging introvert. I often come off meetings and need to just go and have a quiet moment with my crochet. But look, it is one of those things that as with every career, you've got to put yourself out there somewhat. And as a Gen Z who can't even make a phone call to book a doctor's appointment, it's pretty scary. But I think that it really is me knowing how far I can push myself and the boundaries of, you know, how far I can go without overstepping it a little bit, just personally. So obviously I'm not going to be starring in our next campaign film or anything like that, but, you know, doing things like this, getting on the other end of the microphone of the podcast and having my picture in our meta ads for the campaign, which is scary, and putting myself out there as Emily Lamborn rather than just digital strategist is is the what what we're doing to make sure it is a campaign Del Mar brand. And I am a part of that. So yeah. A huge part of that. Like honestly, it's it's just you and I now. And it's like I couldn't do this without you. So I think that there's definitely a lesson there for other solopreneurs or small business owners is that for me, I first had to check what Emily's plans and dreams were because you know, investing in making her a part of our marketing strategy, you know, you want to make sure that Emily, obviously she wants that, but also that she sees a future at Campaign Del Del Mar. And there's no guarantees in life, you know, there's, I can't hold Emily, but like at least having those really frank and open conversations about, you know, do you see yourself here long-term and are you comfortable with being a bit more of the face of this business is definitely, it just starts with a really good conversation. And then in terms of like how we're planning to elevate Emily's profile is the obvious ways. You know, obviously Emily's going to be featured on our social media. She's already all over our sales page for Campaign Classroom and the email marketing program. She's now on the homepage. And then the first step for me is, is really going back to what I did to, you know, start to raise my profile, which was earned media. So podcast interviews is the first thing. And so Emily's just been invited onto a fabulous podcast called uh, Good Chats with Cass Ponton. And so she's going to record that soon. And anything else you want to add to that, Em? I think taking the lead on the email marketing program is another big step for me. I've spent a lot of time watching you work your magic in these programs. And it's also an internal trust thing. You know, I know that I know all of these things and email marketing and funnels and behind the scenes is kind of my jam. So yeah, it's it's putting myself out there, but in ways that I'm comfortable with is the way moving forward. 
Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Have you seen this? I wouldn't want to call it a trend because I think it's more than a trend. I think it's a movement on TikTok, which is employees as influencers, where employees of a company are creating content on TikTok, but they're not, they don't work for themselves. They work for another company and they're, they're just talking about how great their company is and what they're doing for their company. And then the comment section is like, who do you work for? This brand sounds awesome. You know, have you seen this? I think I've seen a version of what you're speaking about. But yeah, I do. I do see, you know, people that go to work in the big offices and, you know, make it look like they've got the fantastic, fantastic role. And I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great too. I think it's a really clever take on influencer marketing about Mm. your employees in 2023, every role in a business is a marketer. That's what I, I believe, honestly, with the amount of marketing that is required across all these channels and all these touch points, everyone works in marketing. And so building that into the fabric of your company, especially for startups or online marketers like us, um, where everyone, it's just a, it's just part of your job to be making content then I think that that sounds like a very sustainable way to do business in 2023 because it's too much for just the one person in the marketing Mm. department. Yeah. Yeah, divide and conquer. Everyone has a role to play. Have you seen Mia? I'm not actually sure if it is the Woolworths TikTok account or if it's someone that works for Woolworths, but he makes hilarious content, um, which makes working at Woolworths look like the most fun thing that you could do with your day. Like, that's what you should aspire towards. But yeah, you're, you're very much right in that everyone has this platform nowadays. Anyone can upload a video to TikTok. So it becomes an all-in effort, doesn't it? Yeah. And also it's like there's a, there's a payback for the employee as well because they're essentially being paid to create content under their name. So the handle is not at Woolworths or it mm. might be. It's like at Emily Lamborn. Lamborn. And then you are creating videos. It's personal branding and you are talking about Campaign Dolma and you're being paid to do that. But then if you were to leave the company, you still have those like, that account, those followers, and then you talk about, oh, I'm actually now doing my own thing or I've started my own business. So it's, yeah, it's a nice sort of like, it's like a LinkedIn profile. This is the new LinkedIn profile. You have a TikTok account. It's the it's the video resume. Yeah. It's the portfolio of work. It's the it's the proof of experience. I mean, a lot of a lot of job listings nowadays require um that you have a podcast a podcast, a, a TikTok following or mm. an Instagram following or a platform that you can use as your personal brand that this new business that you're working for can can leverage as part of their marketing strategy as well. I've actually read that in in job listings, Mia. I don't know if I can get on board with that. That seems like it feels wrong. It yeah. feels it feels like they are hiring a person um, based on their their following, mm. and you know, it, it, it would come down to you know, person A has a hundred thousand followers, but person B has none. So who are we going to hire? But yeah, it's pretty wild that they can have these um, requirements on on job listings. Very wild. I do, I've, I've always said this, that 
to me, demonstrable skills is much more important than degrees and qualifications and so forth. I get the best of both worlds because you are actually degree qualified. (laughs) Um, But this, like, you know, I would happily hire someone at Campaign Del Mar to do strategic and creative marketing if they didn't have a degree or a diploma or anything, but if they've gone and created a Facebook group and have, you know, members and they've created a movement and they've, you know, created content for that and they've organised a, you know, rally or an event or a let's clean up Australia Day sort of style thing where it shows to me that they've actually got the skills and the nous to create campaigns, <laughs> to create movements. Yeah. It's it, it's funny you say that because they actually do recommend that to you when you're in university in your final semester looking for, for jobs and opportunities. Yeah, honestly, I agree with you. The best way to demonstrate your experience is to do it. You know, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? So if in the future a TikTok resume is a part of that, then sure. Mm, yeah, so true. Got Marketing is brought to you by Campaign Del Mar, a marketing education platform for marketers and entrepreneurs. Learn practical, repeatable and actionable steps to market with confidence. Nail your email marketing strategy or join Campaign Classroom and learn to create memorable and effective marketing campaigns. These are not the kind of online programs where you are left floundering, unsure how to put theory into practice, nor will these programs sit unfinished for months. You can expect hands-on, tailored advice, accountability, and a supportive community, and you will walk away with lifelong marketing skills. Learn more at campaigndelmar.com. Okay, so next year I'm moving overseas and I'll be in a different time zone, (laughs) which I I am now anyway. Darwin is practically overseas. Um, So what's the plan? What are we doing? Uh, We're going to sync our clocks. (laughs) (laughs) So... We're already starting to plan for next year. We've already got a bit of a pipeline for what's what's going to happen. Mia, you've made it clear that you are enjoying the time with your family overseas, which you've got young kids. Why shouldn't you? So I am stepping in to nail your email marketing strategy. Um, that'll be my baby. Yeah. Campaign Classroom, we're unsure of when we'll be running it. Everything's kind of up in the air at the moment, but um, very excited. I feel like we're in this big, big momentum at the moment. So it's going to be fun to take it into 2024 and see how I can step into a bigger role in the in the business and let Mia <laughs> reap some of the rewards and have, have a well-earned break. Yeah. And like, there's a few things that's like that are hard to let go. Um, I had a chat to Jodie Norman this week, who is our copywriter and editor. She helps me with all the articles that we submit to publications, and she, you know, she's fabulous. And she, who we work so closely together, was surprised to learn that I actually create all the social media content for Campaign Delma. And she's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, all of it, absolutely all of it." She's like, "Yeah, but then you." get somebody else to schedule it to LinkedIn, don't you? I'm like, no, I do it all absolutely. Like, Emily Booby. And so, yeah, there's a few things that are like harder to relinquish. But then, you know, seeing you deliver the lessons in Camping Classroom and then email marketing program, I'm like, nah, she's got this. It's 
totally across it. (laughs) That makes me feel better about it. (laughs) I'm very excited. I I have come to love um, running the sessions in Campaign Classroom and the email marketing um, program. And it's all a confidence thing. You know, you do it a couple of times, you get the swing of it and um, then you're in the flow when it just happens. So I'm not worried about next year that as such, but yeah, big changes are coming, I think. Yeah. The only thing that worries me is the fact that it's now less than six months until I go and I have done absolutely nothing to prepare for this overseas trip and because all I've done is work. So if anything, I need to pull back on the business a little bit so that I can actually get some visas. Give me me some of the reins now. It's it's time. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, then to that effect, what advice or lessons or themes do you see coming up in Campaign Classroom that you can impart to someone listening today about if they're thinking about running a campaign, what are some of the, the big themes that have come to you after? Because I don't know, how many how many intakes of Campaign Classroom have you done? Oh, gosh, two a year for two and a half years. So probably like upwards of six or seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of lot of campaigns. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, look, the biggest trap we find is people, like we said before, biting off more than they can chew. So definitely if it's your first rodeo, go easy on yourself is my biggest piece of advice. Sometimes we find that people are just so hard on themselves wanting to move mountains with their first campaign. And honestly, it's just a campaign can be as simple as a photo shoot or a different visual identity for for a few weeks or a short video series of a certain piece of content. So definitely the biggest piece of advice is do what you can handle and don't try to, like I said, move mountains. Yeah, because people like they see our campaigns, like Make Marketing Great Again and the gurus we deserve. And then they're like, oh, that's what I I need to do. And it's like, you don't don't need to do that day one. (laughs) That is is Mia Fileman's one millionth campaign. It's so many years in. And yeah, it's it's aspirational, our campaigns, I think, Mia. Like they really are fantastic and we've we've shown the results that we've earned from them. But you can earn just as great of results with smaller scaled back campaigns. Not everything needs to be a big bites production. So yeah, biggest piece of advice is do what you can with what you have. Totally. That's very, very solid advice. And what about people who don't run campaigns? Why aren't you running campaigns? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, have, have you drank the Kool Aid? Like, have you, have you, like, have you completely converted? About I'm converted like to campaigns. Uh, yeah. Look, everyone has to have always on marketing, and I think my advice to people that don't run campaigns would be, don't uh, keel over because of your always on marketing. It doesn't need to be this way. It might feel complicated, but again, it doesn't need to be. And if you haven't run a campaign, give it a crack. Like if you haven't done it before, what have you got to lose? I mean, as I said, it can be as simple as just a different visual identity for a few weeks with a a, um, key message theme idea. So yeah, Mm. jump on campaigns. (laughs) And what is for you the most fun part of a campaign or your favorite lesson in campaign classroom? 
The most fun part of campaigns for me, Mia, is is the visual identity because that's kind of my my thing. But my favorite lesson in campaign classroom is the post-campaign analysis, and <laughs> which is crazy, I know, but I was a numbers kid in school, so the numbers at the end of it are really fun to me. I love looking back on what you did and looking at the results the campaign earned and, you know, just seeing all of the blessings of your hard work from the last four weeks or however long your campaign is. And, you know, I just love rewards. I'm a typical Gen Z. I want like instant gratification, but that can't happen. So doing the post-campaign analysis at the end of the campaign is the closest I'm going to get. Yeah, looking back on what you've done is probably my favorite bit. Yeah, cool. That's probably my least favorite lesson. <laughs> How many times have I said, Mia, we're a good team because we do what each other doesn't like? <laughs> yeah, that is that is so true. And I really, I butt heads with my former business partner because we were too similar. We we're both Leos. We were both very extroverted. We we're both, you know, really um, confident in our decisions. And also we were ideas people. So we would move fast and the great thing about you working with you is that you're like, yeah, no, that's that's the great idea, but how are we actually gonna make it? Yeah. Hey, I'm the one that's on the on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Final question. What's your favorite campaign? All time, non-campaign. Of, of all time. Hmm. My favorite campaign of all time is the Match.com Get Back to Love campaign with that super catchy song. I am a muso at heart and that song, every time Mia plays it, it is in my head for three days straight. No joke. I know every single word, but it's also just a really great idea. You know, coming out of the pandemic, weddings had been canceled for 12 months plus, wedding singers wanted to get back to work. And how more perfect could it be than a song about getting back to love? So that's my favorite campaign of all time. It's pretty special, that one, I have to say. Like we play that at our rap parties for Campaign Classroom because it's like it's entertainment, but it's also advertising. It's advertainment and everyone gets a kick out of it. It's so good. Good. Yeah. Solid choice. I like it. Yeah, that one and another one that's up there is the Extra Campaign with the Celine Dion song. That's that's another favourite as well. Oh, but that's so good. Yeah, all of the post-pandemic uh, coming out of lockdown kinds of themes are the ones that stick with me for some reason. <laughs> I think because they're so relatable mm. and they are so, have been, the ones that are good have been able to really touch on how the collective consciousness was during that time period. Hmm. And I feel like because that time was difficult, especially for making campaigns because you couldn't go out there and shoot them, that there was like this pent-up creativity that then just finally just it's blew its stack. Hmm. I think that some of the best campaigns have come out of the pandemic. I agree. Because creativity requires constraints. And I think the pandemic served as that, you know, that difficult time where people had to get smarter with how they would shoot their campaigns. Like Apple created a major campaign 100% using user-generated content. And I just think that that's so clever Mm. and so creative. So I think that that's there. But also for the first time, 
everyone, every demographic, every age, every gender, every person in every country was going through the same thing. And as marketers, it is about trying to find those things that unite us so that we can get our message to as many people and have that message resonate. And because we all experience the same thing, it actually in some ways made marketing so much easier because we knew what someone across the world locked down in Canada was feeling because we were feeling the same thing locked down in Australia. And so I think it was such an interesting moment in time. Yeah, we all felt it. You're right. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much for braving it and coming on the Gut Marketing Show. I'm going to chuckle when you have to edit this episode. (laughs) Already dreading it. (laughs) People laugh. So I've got a bit of a rule that I I must listen to every episode that I record. Otherwise, I'm not going to get better at becoming a host, even though it is honestly my top 10 things I hate doing. So now it's going to be one of your top 10 things that you hate doing. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, already thinking of how I can uh, listen to the episode back as quickly as possible (laughs) to get through the pain as quickly as possible. But again, I've got to find ways to put myself out there that I'm comfortable with, so I just need to make it happen. (laughs) Exactly. I love that attitude. That is absolutely the right attitude. So, yeah, thank you so much, Em. I know that it's not in your comfort zone, but I think you did a really great job. Thanks, Mia. All right. See you tomorrow. See you. Thank you. You listened right up until the end. So why not hit that subscribe button and keep the good marketing rolling? Podcast reviews are like warm hugs and they're also the best way to support a small business. You can connect with me, Mia Feilman, on Instagram or LinkedIn. And feel free to send me a message. I'm super friendly. 